Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Blockhash Podcast. Today we have an awesome episode with the CEO of Level Fields, Andrew Einhorn, talking about how he's building an AI that identifies events, trends, patterns within capital markets that helps investors like you and me find ways to profit from our investments, taking a lot of the strategies and the tools and the expertise that is used for investing at the highest levels in society, whether it's a hedge fund, whether it's a bank, corporation, whatever, you know, they don't share that stuff with the average investor, the retail trader. He's doing that through level fields, through his AI, you know, providing the same type of access, really leveling the playing field for investors like you and me. So we have, we have a fantastic episode talking about that today and going into detail on everything you can do with the level fields AI and their platform. So be sure to tune in for the whole episode and I hope that you guys enjoy the episode today. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Blockhash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 373. Today, I have the CEO of Level Fields, uh, Andrew Einhorn, here to talk about how they're revolutionizing how you look at investing through AI and their specific methods for going about doing so. Um, Andrew, welcome to the show. Super happy to have you here. We're going to have a fun episode. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Likewise. Pleasure's all mine. Uh, before we dive in and get started, uh, tell people a little bit about yourself. Um, I'm sure we're all curious, you know, what is your, um, what is your story? What is your background? What did you do prior to Level Fields? Um, did it relate to AI in any kind of way or to trading um, to give people a little bit of a context into who you are? Sure. Happy to do that. Um, so the, the quick version is, you know, I started my career actually as an epidemiologist studying cancer clusters and mercury contamination and all kinds of data analysis. And then I ended up going into management consulting, building some different types of event monitoring systems for the Defense Department, for NASA, for FAA, and went into the private sector, ultimately started a company that did a lot of monitoring of information in real time, mostly for public companies. And during that journey, at some point in time, you know, what, what we were tasked to do, for example, we had a, a, a rail company that was a client and about 40, 50 times a year, the train would literally come off the tracks and sometimes it would happen in the middle of the night. And so our software would identify that event on social media, you know, someone taking a photograph of the train in their swimming pool and, and posting it. And it would identify that, we'd flag it, we'd send it up to the company, uh, the publicly traded company, to their comps team. And the comms team would get woken up in the middle of the night and go, oh, no, okay, we got to spin up our talking points. We got to get to the media and say, these are the reasons our train derailed. It wasn't our fault. They overloaded it with oil and, and so forth. And so it wasn't long. We started to see patterns, right? An event would happen. The company would come out and state something. The share price would move. And this happened over and over again with, you know, 100 companies that were our clients. And they range from credit card companies to 
energy companies and, and everything in between. And at one point, you know, we we started or I started working with a hedge fund. And they wanted to know kind of how we were getting our information so rapidly. And so we sort of exchanged help. Um, I was helping a portfolio manager at a $65 billion hedge fund find information more rapidly and sort of teach the methodology. And in return, I was just asking for um, an understanding of how they looked at markets, how they went about their processes, how they used, you know, information for investing, just, just, just to learn and understand it and thought maybe this was a client base we could expand to, which ultimately we didn't, we ended up selling a company in, in 2019. Uh, and the technical group and myself, we kind of regrouped and, and looked back at the last 10 years that we had been building these systems and thought, you know, that was good. Um, but I think we need AI. Let's build some AI over the Boolean search and, and all the big data processing that we had been doing. And let's take it to the next level. We were trying to figure out what to do. And that was like late 2019. We had built the early stage AI system. And 2020, we were trying to figure out what market to go to. You know, we were talking even legal tech at one point. And we had this idea for self-populating databases and that everybody could get the information on their own. And then COVID happened and the world kind of stopped <laughs> and the market started crashing, right? And this was like February, 2020, we started getting a lot of phone calls uh, from family members and from friends that were really worried. They were losing their retirement savings. They were losing their college savings for the kids. And there was a panic happening about how bad this was really gonna be. And so I kind of put on my epidemiology hat and some of my uh, my background in statistics and, and been investing for many, many years, even since I was 14 years old. And so I spent about 80 hours just researching how pandemics affect stock markets. I kind of came out, you know, wild eyed and over caffeinated after a few days and, and said, you know, the market's going to be back to normal in six months. Don't worry. And everybody called me, you know, lots of names. I won't say on air. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. That's dumb. This is, we're going into a global depression. I said, no, that's not what the data shows me. Sure enough, six months later, almost the day, the market was exactly back to where it had begun its decline in, in February. But the reality of that was realized it took way too long to get that answer. This was a major event. And yeah, it was the biggest event we've known for a hundred years. But there were similar events that we could have benchmarked and could have had an idea how to react if the data had been available. And so that kind of created this idea of, wow, events change everything. They change the trajectory of a company. They change the trajectory of a nation. They change the trajectory of your health. If we make AI to identify events and we can look at historical patterns, then we know how to react at the moment we need to react and not have to sit around for 80 hours trying to figure it out when it's too late. And, you know, as we pushed on that, we started to really think, well, yeah, you know, unless you're on Wall Street for 20 years, you don't know how to react to all these different situations that are thrown at you. And that's unfair. You know, and there's a huge gap in knowledge between your average investor and someone who's, you know, seasoned stock trader and on Wall Street. So we thought, I think we can take our AI and bridge that gap. And we all agreed that that was a worthy vision, a worthy mission. Uh, and in, obviously in the process, we can make people money, but we can also make them or allow them to make wiser decisions faster. 
And when GameStop happened, it was just like accelerating our desire to get the information out there because we had friends who were piling on to the stock when it was 400 and then losing like 50,000 the next day when it dropped to, you know, 200 and going, why would you jump in at that point? And they, they just didn't have the information. You know, they didn't know that a, a short squeeze is rarely above a 10 or 12 X return. And, you know, we were already at 20 something X. So that kind of data set um, can really do a lot of good. And that's, that's, you know, part of what the company is about. It's like, can we map these events to price movements and get a history of all the different types of price moves and events? So we know, you know, more like the weather, what's about to happen. It's going to rain and there's an 80% chance of rain and it's probably going to rain for three days. So you better get your galoshes and your, you know, your umbrella out or over here in this part of the country, it's really sunny. You know, and over here, if you want to go skiing, best conditions are Colorado and not Vermont. That's pretty much what we're doing with the stock market um, to get people more informed. And so, um, you know, there's there's a variety of different ways to use the platform, but that's that's kind of how we arrived at this at this place today. Yeah, that's fascinating. I've always been an investor and I've always found it very interesting, the different things that you can do to measure a market and create a benchmark. And it feels like some of the most advanced things you can do, tools, analysis, um, you know, different types of metrics and bots and automations. Like there's so many things out there, but it's not really accessible to the average retail trader or investor. Would there some things available, but, you know, everything that's good, you know, that's that's being used by a hedge fund. That's by, being used by um, a major bank or, you know, it's kind of locked up key and lock in, in a lot of different ways. And it's just not accessible. Um, so it's cool that you guys are working on this and providing something that's, you know, in some ways kind of similar for, I'm assuming for an average investor and trader to be able to analyze a market and get an idea of, you know, what's, what's happening or what could happen or what's the probability or the likelihood. Um, and you guys are, you mentioned the events aspect of it. You're focused on how events affect markets, right? That's right. Yeah, that's that's the focus. Um, you know, with the core principle being that events cause all the price movements in markets. And over the last, you know, see, there's there's been, and we're trying to create this sort of evolution of of investing and trading. So to put it into context, you know, 15 years ago, the hold time, the average hold time of a stock was about eight years. Now it's four months. So people are moving in and out of stocks all the time, some for good reasons, some for horrible reasons, some just because they don't know what else to do. Uh, we're in a 24-7 news cycle bombarded by information from social media, media companies, blogs, vlogs, you know, and so forth. It's information overload. And a lot of times the public is getting manipulated by the narratives that are planted by people who are offloading hundred million shares out of their, you know, hedge fund or bank or whatever. And then at the same time, going on television, touting how great a stock that is. So we're all kind of the suckers buying and they're letting go and they're driving the price action. You see this all the time. And so part of what we're doing is saying, you know what, let's, let's just stop this ride, this, this kind of pump and dump process. We'll get the information directly from the companies. We'll analyze, you know, patterns, and then an individual, whether they're a beginner or a seasoned trader, can look and say, you know what, I'm really interested in this type of event. 
right? Like when a, give an example, when a CEO departs a company, that's a big event for a company. Over the weekend, you know, they're talking about open AI and the, the CEO being, you know, booted by the board. What's going to happen? It's not a public company, but it's been part of the discussion because that's an event. And the event is driving all this other narrative and all the other opinions. And so what we really want to look at is what happens to a stock like that if they were public? You know, when Bezos left Amazon, what happens to Amazon? Is that different than what happens to, you know, a Tesla kind of founder driven, you know, <clears throat> tech company? So we have all those patterns and you can take you know, a mouse click and you can see very quickly. Oh, well, you know, usually drops by two, three percent day one, another percent day two. But three months out, the stock is right back where it used to be for this type of company, for a small company, maybe it was struggling, maybe they didn't have good revenue, right? And the CEO leaves and the stock goes up because of hope coming back in. They're like, oh, maybe the new CEO comes in, they can turn this around. And this happened, you know, a few days ago with, uh, with a cosmetics company where they were up 26% on news that their CEO was fired. So this kind of thing happens all the time. And you're looking at these one-day moves or multi-day moves and trying to figure out, well, how do I play this? What do I do? Sometimes you have a gut reaction that's correct, but you just don't know what the degree is going to be. Mm -hmm. You know, Bezos going to leave, or is that going to drive Amazon down 25%? You know, don't know. Well, our data set can, can show you that. And then you as a trader or an investor can make a wiser choice and say, you know what, this is actually an opportunity to load up on more Amazon because it's on sale. I'm not going to worry about it because this is what the data, this is what normally happens. People freak out. And then the professional, more rational investors who are managing other people's money, so they're not very nervous about it, go in and see it on sale and they buy it, you know. Whereas average person, when you're using your own money, you know, your, your pulse goes up and you start to make poor choices because you're doing it on emotion. You think it's mm -hmm. rational, but it's, it's a largely emotion. Whereas someone who's managing, you know, a billion dollars of someone else's money and, you know, whether, whether they make money or not year every year, they're personally going to make an income. It's easier for them to sort of make those choices. And so what we went out to do is say, well, let's look at like some of the event driven strategies that these top performing hedge funds are doing and let's make them available to everybody else and we looked at you know some academic studies we looked at you know some of what some of the hedge funds were going after we said you know this is not that complicated it's just we got to get the information quick get an alert to somebody fast let them make a decision and see how to play it and then they have the opportunity so that you know, they can make that quick amount of money or they can make a more informed decision and not lose money. That's a big piece of it. So do you have an AI or an algorithm that's doing this um, for the investor that's curating this, um, that's going out there, finding news, identifying events and putting it all together? And then, you know, how customizable is that? Like if I'm an average trader and I am interested in tech stocks primarily, um, or I want to look for certain types of events, or there's something that maybe I identify that maybe I wanted to focus on, you know, is that something that I can prompt the AI to do or how does it kind of work, you know, from a functionality standpoint? Yeah, it's, uh, it is customizable. So the way we've set up the system now is there are you know, dozens of different event types. You have CEO departures, you have things like stock buybacks, you have uh, activists coming into companies, 
you know, dividend events, you have product launches and things of that nature. Within each event category, you can then set an alert. So every time that event happens, send me an alert. And this, what the system is doing, you think about like a AI speed reader, right? That's what the AI is. It's reading through about 30,000 documents every minute. And it's identifying events and then it's breaking down the events into types of events and it's extracting just the events that are proven to move share prices the most, putting it onto the platform and then alerting uh, everybody that's there and then creates a, a data analysis of patterns of how that particular event has affected share prices short and long-term uh, in, in history so you can quickly see it. And so what you do is you go into that particular event strategy, say it's CEO departures, you say, you know what, I don't care about materials companies. I don't want to look at insurance companies. You know, I'm not interested in utility companies. I'm only interested in tech. So I'm going to click a button to filter by tech companies. And then, you know what, I'm only interested in companies that have options on them. So you click another button that says, make it sure this company is optionable because I'm an options trader, right? And then I know that I really don't respond to events that happen at night. So I'm going to set it to only look for events that happen in the morning. And I'm going to create that alert. That's my custom filter, save it. And then what the AI is going to do is going to look for just those requirements every day, every minute, constantly. And then when it finds a match, oh, I found a large cap tech company that's optionable. And the CEO just departed. They announced in their press release you know, 20 minutes ago. So you'll get it. And usually what happens is you have, it depends on the size of the company, how many media stories get written over the next 24, 48, 72 hours, sometimes even for a month, depending on the company, because they keep bringing the same story back. But you as the user gets it within, you know, 20 to 45 minutes of the event being announced by the company directly. No need to read the news about it because you already know what the event is and you've said it. And that's another piece of the puzzle is that you don't have to go reading all those reports. You don't have to have a news scan, you know, of all the headlines in the morning. You don't need to sit there on your watch list hitting, you know, refresh or on 16 Twitter feeds. We can use the AI to do that. It goes out and analyzes it and finds it, pulls it back. And so where we're evolving to next is to enable any user to set whatever kind of parameters they want for any type of event. Uh, right now we're kind of, we're curating, you know, certain, certain types to make sure they meet our criteria. But as, as we get more sophisticated users where you might have a hunch and say, you know what, I like what they're doing, but I want to do it with, you know, different type of event, right? I might want to look for companies that, uh, you know, were in one space and then suddenly announced that they're in another, right? So a pharmaceutical company that suddenly announces they, or going after tech, things like that. You know, you could you could customize it. So it's um, it's sometimes like invisible, like what what's going on with the AI. But largely, we're moving away from you know traditional like Google Boolean type searching, where you're just looking for keywords, to context and meaning and understanding, and doing a lot of like semantic analysis. You know the subject of the sentence predicate of the sentence, who's performing the action. Many times when companies are announcing, they don't really say because they're talking about themselves. So when Apple wouldn't put out a press release that says, you know, Apple is 
replacing the CEO of the company. The press release would read something like, the board of directors has approved a resolution that has, you know, uh, enabled the CEO replacement to be so-and-so. And so it has to understand all that and know, well, somewhere <clears throat> up in the sentence, it was talking about, this is Apple. And so, you know, you can do that and you can trade it. And I think the you know, part of the part of this is like, if you've ever woken up in the morning and you hear media story or news story about a stock that moved 30% and you wonder, oh man, why don't I ever hear about these things before the stock moves, you know, or a stock that goes on a run and it's up hundred percent and you're like, should I buy it now? Like it's already up hundred percent for the year. Why can't I find out about these things earlier so I can make more money? That's what the system is designed to do. It finds those events that create those outsized returns. And then you can go, you know what? I'm, I am, I'm going to get 26% in a day the next time, or I'm going to make 6%, you know, one day on a trade rather than park my money, you know, hope to get 7% a year from dividends and then go up and down to these economic cycles that we have, which more and more are driven by the whims of different politicians and their political agendas, you know, whether they go to war, whether we cut taxes, raise taxes, and you know, those types of things we all get impacted by. So it is, um, it's a bit of an evolution of, of thought away from that old buy and hold forever mentality, which is great for banks because they get to take your stocks and lend it out to somebody else and make money, which is why they want you to buy and hold. But for most people, you actually need to access that money. So you can't just sit there when the market is down 30% and wait, you know, for it to come back, which might take six months. It might take six years. You never know. You know, there were long periods of time where stock market returned zero for eight or nine years. Uh, we haven't been, we've been in a volatile period lately, but it happens. How do you determine and identify what an event is. I, I feel like an event could be many things, everything mm -hmm. for me pouring my coffee in the morning to a volcano erupting tomorrow. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we think of events, you know, negative ones, for example, being BP spilling oil in the Gulf of Mexico, maybe a positive one being Javier Malay winning the election in Argentina or things that are completely out of, out of nowhere, like wall street bets, um, getting a whole bunch of retail investors together to take down a hedge fund and send GameStop to the moon. Like, and you're just like, what, who could ever predict that? Right. Um, <laughs> um, how, how do you train an AI to identify those different levels or types of events and then apply a relative significance to it? I feel like that's gotta be quite a challenge to do. It is. Um, so the first thing you have to figure out is just what an event is defined as, mm -hmm. right? And so traditionally, we just use linguistics for that. It's a verb. An action has taken place. It's taken place by a person or a thing, and it has some kind of outcome or impact on a person, a thing, or a place. And so we get about, you know, 21 million or so events flowing through the platform that are identified per year. And then from that, we're pulling about 4,000 events that are relevant, we think, for what goes on the front end of the application. And the way that we're looking at it is, yes, there are events that occur 
we're looking for events that occur over and over and over and over again in a repeated strategic pattern, right? So if you want to just keep doing this same kind of trade of like every time, uh, you know, a prominent CEO leaves a, poor, a good performing company, I buy the discount of 3% and then I sell it when the stock gets back to its normal price. And I want to do that 20 times a year because it happens 40 times a year. And now I'm going to make, you know, two, 3% on each trade times 20 trades. I'm now up, you know, 40, 60%, not bad for a year for just doing 20 day trades. And that's one way of looking at it for us. It's like, we, we don't want it to just be a one-time event, like, um, you know, for a GameStop, that's largely a one-time event. What we would look at is just short squeezes in general and get all the short squeezes we can into um, into the system to identify, hey, you know, they're talking that this is a short squeeze, right? As the stock, and we we can look at two multiple things. So we have not just the the tech space, the qualitative, but we also have the quantitative underneath it, right? So you can verify it. So you have the price moves, you have volume moves, and then you have what people are saying. And so you can pair those three things and say, yeah, according to this, it did move the share price. The volume is increasing. And they're talking short squeeze, therefore AI recognizes this as a short squeeze. And you can, you know, put that into your system. So that's a piece of it. Um, and then once it starts to come in, you know, there is some training and refining of that event type that we have to do, where someone literally, you know, says yes, no, yes, no, as it comes in, and the AI says, Hey, is this a short squeeze? And there's a human going, No, that's incorrect. Yes, that's correct. And over time it gets smarter, you know, sort of like when you take your your dog to someone else's house and and the dog pees in their house because they haven't learned that they they can't pee in any house not just your house and so you bring it to every house and you're like no you can't pee period inside the house but you have to keep doing it again and again and again and eventually the dog understands that it's a rule you don't pee inside a house not just i don't pee inside your house um and you know same with some friends i guess uh, with their habits. <laughs> so got it. That, that's a big, the big piece of it. What can this be applied to? Is it mostly designed for the stock market, um, for traditional equities, um, or maybe for options or futures contracts? Could it be applied to commodities? Could it be applied to crypto? Um, you know, what, what are the range of things that this can be utilized for in terms of analyzing the market? Um, that was a great question. I would say right now it's it's fine tuned for stock trading, for option trading, for sure. Um, option traders love the platform because the hardest thing about option trading is trying to figure out how long of a contract you need and when to exit. And so when you look at our analytics, it tells you, hey, this stock, this event causes the stock to rise five percent on average over X period of time. So then you can just pick your expiration date on your option contract. Um, so we have a lot of options traders that use it and you get you know, a 5% or a 10% move in a stock could be a 50 to 100% move in an option contract. There are also kind of, I would call them um, like sector-based traders that use or investors rather that use the platform. And one way, you know, as an example is, and I did this myself. So last year when the war broke out in Ukraine, started seeing all these events for special dividends 
dividend increases, stock buybacks, and return of capital over and over again. But they were coming out of odd companies that I'd never heard of. They're all fertilizer companies. And I'm looking, I'm like, why are all these fertilizer companies like flush with cash and giving it away? And it was just that little pattern that you saw multiple fertilizer companies in within this industry doing that, that, that just led me to do a quick search for like fertilizer issues. And then in the news, like deep into one of these trade publications that were talking about a certain type of fertilizer, uh, potash, where 25% of the global supply comes out of Ukraine and Russia, and none of it was flowing out because of the war. And so American companies that were producing it suddenly found themselves able to double the price and do the exact same amount of work, which doubled their cash flow. And then they started giving the cash flow away. So here we saw this sort of like macro event affect company at a micro level. And then the events of those companies, which were financial events, came about through the system and very quickly, you know, and I did this myself, like I invested stock options in these companies and the price sure enough the price of these equities went up about 30 percent in a month and a half so that was about a 200 percent move in short-term option contracts and so like that's a, a, a good example i think of how you can kind of connect the dots with the platform very quickly without really knowing a whole lot about markets knowing a whole lot about how to do fundamental analysis or you don't have to worry anything about technical analysis like in, which can be very overwhelming. Um, and a lot of people are trying it, but every time you do technical analysis, an event will wipe out whatever the pattern is and change the pattern. So you're looking at this double bottom and all of a sudden, bam, you know, a company drops a note that they're filing for bankruptcy. It's no longer a double bottom. You know, it's just going to keep going down. So, you know, I, there are some other events on the system. There's some like cryptocurrency events. Um, these are publicly traded companies that are adopting crypto. So we put that on as a scenario. So you can kind of track like, hey, what's Visa, MasterCard and smaller, maybe payments company, what are they doing? Are they accepting Bitcoin? Are they, are they moving into the blockchain? Things like that, that is on the platform as well. Um, we look at it more from the angle of the public company and what they're doing. But certainly if you're trying to figure out, you know, how to trade coins, um, and currencies, you can you can use that information to say, oh, this is interesting. You know, Mastercard just bought you know a blockchain company and a wallet. I wonder if they're going to move to you know global acceptance of this coin. You can kind of get ahead of it that way. So there's obviously a lot we can evolve, and we get asked constantly, you know, can we do it for commodities? Can we do it for crypto coins? You know, tracking prices. And my answer is we'd like to, you know, we uh, we just got to get that, you know, big VC to drop a huge, huge check on us and we'll expand it. But for now, that's where we're focused on on equities. All right. Nice. It, it reminds me of the TV show Billions. Have you seen that one where like the hedge funds are like fighting each other and <laughs> fighting the, the government and they're always looking for new trades and they got everyone like hyped up trying to like hyper analyze everything? Um, it, it's kind of feels like that a little bit with what the AI can do in terms of looking at all these things faster than, you know, a human can and being able to paint a pretty good picture of what is, you know, likely and not likely to happen. It's like a, putting a hedge fund in your pocket almost. 
That's exactly right. I mean, it's a great equalizer because we just think about if you wanted as a human to monitor every bit of information coming out from 6,300 stocks, every press release, every report, every news piece, you would never be able to do that. We just can't, you know, and so there's an unfair advantage where a Goldman Sachs can have 200 analysts just monitoring all the stocks around the clock and looking for, you know, opportunities. Average people are just trying to make a little bit of money in the market. They can't do that. Now they can because the AI is doing it for you while you sleep or while you brush your teeth. And then you just get an alert and say, you know what? Okay, I can move on that. Like that's an easy one, no brainer. So now you can monitor the same level of information that they can. And it's, it's why we named the company what we did. We went on to really level the playing field between you know, the independent investor and the institutional investor with technology. Before we start to slowly wrap up the episode, let's talk about how people can start to use it if they want to. Um, you know, do they just go to the level fields website? Is that like the best place to start? Is this like a built-in Chrome application or does this plug into anything or is it like any API connects? Um, is there a cost associated with using it? Uh, what do people need to know when they want to go and they want to start setting this up and they want to start utilizing it? Sure. You just go to levelfields.ai. Um, you get information about what the platform looks like. You can see some demo videos. So levelfields.ai, uh, then you sign up for the application, which is web-based. Um, it costs the equivalent of like a Starbucks coffee a week to get going. So it breaks down to about $4 a week. And we charge on an annual basis because there's tons of reports and data sets and strategies that you learn when you first come in. Um, and so, you know, what we're saying is you'll definitely get your money back on your, your, your winning trades over the course of a year. Don't worry about it. It's a good investment. It also teaches you a lot about the market and market dynamics. We have for those who uh, maybe need a little extra hand or a little extra um, training, we have a higher level tier subscription, which is called our level two. That's $167 a month and it's much higher because we actually have analysts that are looking at all the data that's coming through the system, flagging it, and then kind of picking and choosing, cherry picking like the more premium alerts to send to folks with a, a note, a particular description of you know, here's why we think that this stock is going to go to 200. And we'll, we'll talk about exit and exit entry and exit spots. And so, you know, um, right now we don't have APIs to plug into, but it's it's on the, the product roadmap for what to do. It's really simple to use. You don't have to know anything. You just have to follow a single event, read a little bit of the documentation that's in our help center, watch a video, and you can get going very fast. Um, if, if anybody is listening to this and they're, you know, at the gym working out or, uh, doing their laundry, you know, just trying to make a mental note, leveling the playing field, levelfields.ai. Um, there's a promo code you can put on there called podcast 23. It'll give you a discount if you want to sign up. We'd love, uh, you know, any feedback you, uh, you might have along the way. I can imagine the commercials for this already. Would you rather buy a pumpkin spice latte? or use AI to analyze 30,000 uh, <laughs> related events to your investments in under a minute and right. increase your right. probability of profit. You choose. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's a better return on investment? 
No, the, Andrew, this has been fantastic. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk about what you guys are doing with Level Fields. I think it's great. I think you really are leveling the field in terms of you know providing access to the same kind of tools you know through AI that you know all the big players have that the average investor just doesn't have access to. And I think that's a very big game changer, and I think just makes the market a better place to invest and to trade. And um, you know, props to you, man. So thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Anytime. Uh, take care, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. You too.